What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I, I don't know. I mean, See, he is all Chinese that been, on it. That, all of that should have been in there. Yeah, that, that could have been in there. Sorry. <laughs> that could have been the show. It that could have been the whole that show. That could have been the entire show. That, that would have We wouldn't have needed to do anything else. Now we have to record we could have nicked it. for a full we could have 45 it. minutes. <laughs> I'm just glad to see Jonesy's smiling face. And everyone else can hear I his know, creamy right? voice. Alrighty. Uh, you guys ready to roll? <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the prod, prod, prod podcast. I got really thrown off because Kyle you froze a little bit. I think what? My no, oh, you I froze. Yeah, me oh, and Nick. Okay. No, it was you that froze. You were the freezer. It was me. That's, that's me and Nick were problem. looking at you like, oh, this is a really great picture. I should have taken a picture of you freezing because it was a great face. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Breaking Geek Radio, the prod. What the fuck? Welcome to Breaking Geek Radio. Than- What's your excuse now, Jammer? My excuse is that I'm just flustered and I Spike don't eggnog. well. Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the flagship and international podcast of John Reverse Podcast Network. Is it you can't even get the opening right? It is. To be fair, I screwed it up for the last two weeks, but I mean, Jammer made fun of me for that, so now I get to return the. I mean, to be clear, I'm just going to be a terrorist today. That's my entire job. This Um, is the best holiday special ever. We're not doing a holiday special because we've talked about it. We're calling Um, it that, though. This is the Breaking Geek Grade of the podcast holiday special. Didn't you just literally say, not one and a half minutes ago, that we are not going to be doing it since we're not actually covering a holiday. So thing. I no, think you... Nick Dahl went to the Leonard Snart school of making a plan. There are four rules to making a plan. You make the plan, you execute the plan, you expect the plan to go off the rails, then you trash the plan. That's Leonard Snart. That's like a flash thing. I love that. Those are great. Plans. No, but Jammer also didn't listen to what I said earlier. I said to introduce it as a holiday special as a joke, and then we wouldn't cover anything holiday related. Oh, Jammer no. mistook that for we're not covering Murderville because he doesn't listen to no, the I didn't entire conversation. I think I just stopped listening because I just started arguing with you immediately and probably didn't. Just going to lean back while your Nancy's figure this out. Of course. That's, anyway, that sounds right. So we though, do Jammer. have some great stuff to cover. Um, we're going to be talking about what well, we're going to be transitioning to. Frankly, an older glass onion review because we talked about it back when no one else, well, few people were able to see it because it was a limited release. Since it's now available for everybody to consume on Netflix, I literally was just watching the first 15 minutes of it and regrettably had to come back here to record this podcast. Didn't realize how much I would actually get sucked into the movie so quickly. So that was the main reason it was a disappointment. I'm watching but it anyways, and on Christmas. Those are my plans. There you go. Me too. I'm probably going to watch it twice. Um, but yeah, so uh, you could tell we liked the movie. No. But we're going to be digging deeper into that into our glass onion review and then afterwards we'll be talking about a couple of big news stories specifically having to do with the yesterday lawsuit surrounding uh Ana de Armas appearing in the trailer or and not in the actual film itself in addition we have some Warner Brothers woes or Warner Brothers wins updates having to do with the current status of the DCEU as well as some various other comments from other actors uh and what uh We'll just kind of give you an update on this evolving tapestry that is the DC universe, which is now officially the coin term DCU. It's no longer DCEU, DC universe. They went full circle and finally went back to what it should have been called on day one, but I guess better late than never. Um, like but all right, without further, what does the G stand for? Genre Kyle, what is the G stand for? Gun. No, gun. Oh. Thank oh. you, fucking gun. God. One of you is on. <laughs> the guy Jesus with the brain. Christ. The guy with the brain damage is on point. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. All right. Well, Happy I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'll turn it over to past versions of Nick and myself, so that you can hear what we have to say about Glass Onion, and then we'll pop back in for the news. So, hope you enjoy. We should get back on topic, but I also get, love okay. Wednesday. Okay, glass, so glass let's onion. roll into Glass Onion, uh, which we did both see at theaters because we're yes, good we people. Yay! What do you mean um, good people? What does that mean? We still see, I don't know. We couldn't help ourselves but pay money for something that would be free later. Well, yeah, th- there was no way that I wasn't going to be seeing yeah. Glass Onion in well, theaters if there was an option. It was a last um, minute decision for me. Um, I mean, Knives Out, Knives Out is probably, people ask, what your what's your favorite movie? I can never say like, oh, this is my favorite movie. 
I think Knives Out might be close to me being able to say it is my favorite movie of all time. So there was no way that I was going to miss a theatrical release of the sequel. And I don't um, believe you saying that because. Um... Oh, wow. Glass Onion's playing through Sunday at a location nearby here. Sorry. I you was still have a chance. You still have a chance to see it, folks. If you if you're listening to this on. Well, before the Sunday, uh, before the fourth. That's more December, than a week long least. You can see it. Well, they probably want to get the second weekend. Yeah, um, but originally it was just as no, uh, yeah, and only one theater, only one Alamo Draft House in the entire state has it. Only one theater in the entire state has it. But. So Glass Onion was released, uh, and it has a ninety-three ah, percent. That's why I was looking up. I was trying to make you Rotten stall Tomatoes. so I could look that up. <laughs> and uh, audience score of ninety-three percent. So literally, the audience and the critics are one hundred percent in sync. So here must be is a magic. the synopsis. Benoit Blanc returns to peel back the layers in a new Ryan Johnson whodunit. This fresh adventure finds the intrepid detective at a lavish private estate on a Greek island. But how and why he comes to be there is the only is only the first of many puzzles. Blanc soon find, uh, meets a distinctly disparate group of friends gathering at the invitation of billionaire Miles Braun for their yearly reunion. Among those on the guest list are Miles's former business partner Andy Brand, current Connecticut governor Claire DeBella, cutting-edge scientist Lionel Toussaint, fashion designer and former model Birdie J, and her con- consci- and her conscientious assistant Peg, and I have to click show more, and influencer <laughs> Duke Cody and his sidekick girlfriend Whiskey. As in all the best murder mysteries. Each character harbors their own secrets, lies, and motivation. When someone turns up dead, everyone is a suspect. Did you practice that? No, just I because just uh, his accent moment. is not even the typical Southern accent. That's a very. I just like got a... a text from Kirsten, and she said the accent. No. <laughs> she can hear you. She can hear me. I say yes. You say yes. That was a Nick good says yes. <laughs> yes glass onion a sequel to knives out from a guy who says it's his favorite movie but he hasn't even seen the closest film by the same director um that's uh, unrelated unrelated other than the same director but my point is is that knives out is different type of movie so is a brother's bloom you just never even given it I, i'll get to it eventually i never said i wasn't i just said i haven't gotten to it yet so spoiler free thoughts on glass onion See, now I'm pronouncing it with the G. You were always pronouncing it I with know, the G. I know. I can't help it. <laughs> so, Glass Onion, does this movie live up to the legacy of what I consider to be one of my favorite films? Yes, it does. It very much does. Uh, admittedly, I do miss the fall aesthetic. The clothing isn't as textured and beautiful to look at as it is in the previous movie. It doesn't have that vibe. But regardless of that stupid, very uh, subjective quibble that I have, the movie itself is just a pl- like applaud worthy. Uh, it's it manages to capture the same feel of a mystery as the first movie in the types of twists and turns that it has without making it a copy of the types of twists and turns that we got. Cause I remember I was, you know, rewatching knives out as I do every five minutes and mm-hmm. I think to myself, watch. how do they, how do they live up to this? Because the first one had such an interesting twist on it where it's like, you find out what happened 40 minutes or 30 minutes into the movie. I'm like, what the hell is the rest of the movie going to be like? And I was worried going into this one that it was going to be the exact same type of format, but it's, it's not, but at the same time, it's it kind of has that same sort of twist and, and it keeps you on your toes the entire time. And uh, it does a great, it continued amazing characterization of Benoit Blanc, not just the performance, but also in how the character is written and the, the personality they inject into him without taking away from how good of a detective he ultimately is. Um, the ensemble cast is they mm-hmm. all do amazing work and 
like before it's like you're wondering what's what is the mystery who who's the guilty person here like i didn't know until literally like a little bit before everything was unraveled like it, it's it's one of those things where it's like i don't even know if we know what the mystery is until mm. pretty yep. deep into the movie and it's like oh that's what we're solving here okay interesting and it's just it's very unique yet very tried and true to the who done it genre so another great movie um i love it i want to i haven't seen it again yet i'm definitely going to at some point and i know i think I want to be able to revisit, you know, those scenes early on and be like, oh, how are they planting this? How are they doing that? And, you know, unfortunately, I haven't been able to do that. But either way, really fun, um, engaging, a win. Absolutely. I can't decide if it's better or not because they're very different here. They have to be different. Otherwise, you're watching the same thing again. Not just the cast, which is very, very different. Or even the type of characters. Instead of a family, it's basically a bunch of people you would despise on the internet these days in fact yeah, a bunch of influencers yeah or, basically in some way or another disruptors oh my god uh people tweeted uh, that uh they're like oh my god he didn't write this movie this week because edward norton is basically elon musk in many ways yeah and you're like "Ooh," and he just just exploded i mean everyone knows who he is but like with this whole twitter debacle it's like yeah. this is this is elon musk um yeah i really loved it um yeah you have to get used to a different cast obviously and a very different style of telling a murder mystery where it, i i don't think this is a spoiler it just takes forever to even like you don't even know what the crime is for like an hour yeah you're like sitting there like okay. oh who's it's, gonna it's kill who so or something though. no it's great though but it, yeah. it it reverses the formula by doing that like you said in a knives out you know who committed the murder like 30 minutes in um, you don't know all the details, but you know who died and why or why they died. You think you know at least all the details. And yeah. this is like this is almost me being like, this is great character work, but there is gonna there is gonna be a, a crime in this movie eventually, right? There are there are dinosaurs on this tour, uh, right? So <laughs> but in a good way, where it's just you're like you're so entrenched and again the drama between the characters, mm-hmm. which is what makes his movie special and the dialogue. And of course, my other favorite guy. I'm always referencing Twitter on all these shows, but I, the best stuff I see is on Twitter. Someone put a poster of him from both movies, the outfits he's wearing, and they're like, "When the director decides you're gay between movies." I didn't see it. I saw that 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 post. I did not. I, I don't know if I noticed any difference. I did just because the direct. I know. I mean, the main difference is. I don't. It's not a spoiler. We meet his boyfriend, husband. Or whatever. I mean, that's the main difference, but that's like. But the, the, but I only noticed that because the director represent- said that too. Like he said that in between movies, he's like, "Oh yeah, I made him gay," and it's like you didn't have to tell us that. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, but great movie. Do you want to go into spoilers? Just because it's hard to um, talk about this well, movie what, what, all before, without spoilers. Before, oh, we got to give our, our rating beforehand, and then we'll go ahead and uh, set Kyle free for a bit. Um, a plus. So- yeah, I think if it's almost if it's almost as good as your favorite movie, it's got to be an A plus, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it was almost as good as I said that it you lives up decide. to the legacy. Oh, okay, um, and maybe it will be better. As of right now, I'm gonna have to. I, I think I'll have to just say A plus as well. Yeah, it's just it's a Aldo. It's I my sister just watched this week, um, Death in the Nile because I convinced her to and. He's doing a good job with those, but I mean, it's it's funny that it feels like it could be the, okay. an Agatha Christie. No, I'm just saying like this feels like it's an Agatha Christie story, but it's you know completely original. And I mean, it's definitely fun Nile, to have that. I thought it was pretty. It was good, but I feel like because the thing is, I thought Murder on the Orient Express, the recent one with Kenneth Branagh, directed by him, I thought it was boring. Um, I didn't like it at all, and I thought no, I same with like that it. one. And then Knives Out was like, oh, this is what I want. Death in the Nile was still better. Pales in comparison to Knives Out or Glass Onion, unfortunately. No, agreed. But that one, yeah. I don't know. That's obviously what they're going for. And it's very interesting sure. that they're able to make, make an original product. Like, cause obviously, those movies feel original to me because I don't go and investigate who the killer is before I see a. Uh... Pero, is that his name? Oh, Poirot. Poirot movie. Poirot. Poirot. Not even going to try it again. Um, 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Let's go. Let's go into spoilers now. We'll give right. Kyle a signal or something afterwards. I'll text. Okay. Okay. All right. So spoilers. So uh, first of all, as we mentioned, it did take a long time for the mystery to actually uh, unravel. Like we didn't know. We didn't know who was going to die because obviously at the beginning it says you're going to solve the the mystery of my death when they got sent that box or the, my murder. And I was like, oh, is he actually dead? But no, he's not. He's just a guy putting on a, a mystery party. I was like, okay. Then it became who invited, uh, I almost called him Foro, what Benoit Blanc onto the island. And then it becomes who's going to try to kill him. And then, oh, who just killed uh, Dave Batista? And then, oh, wait, the no, no. The toxic fanboy, like, not even fanboy, the toxic Twitch streamer. Twitch streamer. Um, and then it becomes, oh, who, who killed, um, oh my God, I forgot her name. Uh, gosh. Who is it? I can't the, the remember woman, the name of the, the woman who died at the beginning. Yeah, the yeah. Kid, and then who killed her twin sister? That's what I'm talking you about. Think okay, is the so woman at the beginning, but she uh, doesn't Janelle die. Monet, Janelle Monet's character. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know if she's her character. Her sister's name is Andy, or if the the character's name in it is Andy. Sister's name but, is Andy. Uh, the 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 one that got killed. The one that's expected to be there. His name is Andy. Okay, so Andy, who, it, it becomes who killed Andy. So it literally is like a layer of, oh, this is the mystery. Oh, wait, no, this is the mystery. Oh, wait, this is the mystery. Oh, wait, this is the mystery. And then it kind of just circles back to like, oh, so ultimately who killed both this person and that person? And it's just so clever how they do that. And I remember one thing I thought was interesting about how it was structured is it took us a while um, to get to the point where murder happens. And then the murder happens. And then one had happened before. But we didn't know earlier about it. in the but, film. But the point is, in but think not earlier in the film, later in the film, earlier, earlier in the, in the story timeline. Line. <laughs> but uh, the point is, is that when I was going, like when they, after he gets murdered, stuff happens, and then Janelle gets shot. Janelle Monet's character gets shot, and then at the end, like uh, what's his name, Benoit Blanc's like, we'll put an end to this. I'm like, the mystery just started. What do you mean we'll put an end to this? And then flashback to everything that came before, and it really just like not just enlightened what we saw, but like recontextualized everything. And it was, it was slowly, just slowly, but surely just blowing my mind and peeling back the layers, as they say, um, pretty consistently. So like, Ryan Johnson, you're good at mystery structure, man. Yeah. I can't wait to to see what he does with the next one. I mean, looking forward to the next one after just getting this one and not seeing it a second time yet on Netflix. He hasn't even started writing it yet. But like, I love when like people are already like, who would you cast? And I have a great list, but we're not, we're wasting too much time. I mean, we don't want to spend too much time on glass onion or at least the sequel to glass onion. But um, yeah, dude, I loved it. I was enthralled by the characters and their relationships and that, yeah, the, the whole disruptors thing. And my favorite part of the reveal is just when he's calling out how stupid Edward Norton has been the entire yeah. movie, where he's like, this man used this word, which didn't make any sense to me. And then he I used remember, this word, which is not even a real word. I remember uh, when the movie, when he was using those words, I was like, that's wrong. But I didn't even notice. I'm like, OK, it's Edward Norton. He's what super I, my smart favorite or part- something. My favorite part of the reveals, it has to do with Benoit Blanc's character, because for the first quarter of the movie, he was um, he was being played as incredibly awkward in an endearing way. And I remember thinking to myself, huh, wow, they're really humanizing this character a lot. They're making him really like very awkward and being like, oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I'm very polite. Da, 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 da. You know, not that he's not polite, but he just seems so awkwardly innocent and like he wanted to protect him almost because he's feel like oh i'm you guys are all friends i didn't realize i'd be the only one here this and that and thank you for inviting me like and him going like why are you here and he's like uh you invited me it just seemed increasingly awkward and i felt really bad for him only to find out that that entire thing was a facade that he put on and i was just 
it continues the trend from the first movie where you know he kind of plays himself off as uh, a southern hokey idiot golly whiz idiot bumbling <laughs> idiot and even after watching the first movie and realizing like he knew from the very beginning that marta was involved in the murder in the death of um the christopher Plummer's character like i didn't i, I was thinking oh this character is being characterized a little bit differently which is fine only to find out that oh no he's actually still got his shit together but it just plays it really well i just thought that was really cool i just love like there's a lot to love about it um just all the <laughs> the movie star references and then how the jeremy renner hot sauce one actually pays that off. was but there's so like good jared leto kombucha and like which who so knows many, how much of that is real? I mean, I guess he's rich. He probably did meet all those people, but so many good moments too. Like <laughs> you brought up the Jer- uh the kombucha thing. Like it just reminds me of that moment where uh Dave Batista was just like almost outed Edward Norton's character being like, Hey, you remember the time you almost hit me at on the way to and he's like, Oh, uh whose party was it again? Anthony Bourne. Oh, no, no, uh, no, no, uh Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. Because he's like at Andy and he's like Anderson Cooper's party. He's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And like I was, I remember thinking like it, it was such an interesting distraction because I didn't even notice that he interrupted him. Yeah. Until the time before, until like they 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 flashed back and they saw that I'm like, oh yeah, he did interrupt him. I just assumed it was Anderson's Cooper Cooper's party. And then like another great moment, kind of like that, was when he um he handed Dave Batista his glass. I saw that. Though. I saw that like, too. I did see I that, that, and I never. I doubted saw that, that too. Yeah, I knew it was him. I was like. But then they, they really played off really well. It made me doubt what I had seen because they showed it again and they showed him put it on the table. And I was like, oh, I guess I miss saw that. Um, and there was also I was keeping an eye on that glass for another reason is because and I don't know if this is a flaw, but let me know if you think here. I saw Catherine Hahn's character staring at that glass and, and I was like, something's in that glass. And then it ended up being what killed him. But pineapple I'm not sure juice. if that was just a red herring. It was pineapple juice, right? I don't fuck with pineapple. Whatever his line was, it wasn't that because it's rated PG thirteen. But he's like, no, they said fuck once in the in the movie. Okay, I don't think it was pineapple though because they flash back to that scene. They would have had to use it twice. But um, no, I also like just yeah. Well, with that, I figured someone was trying to poison him at that point. He just put like the poison ice or whatever in his glass. Mm, Even though he placed on the table like that, I didn't know if it was intentional or not. But I definitely saw it happen. The way that yeah, one whatever Daniel Craig's character, whose name I also dare not pronounce, uh, you know, brings up where he's like, "We all saw this, you know, but this is what actually happened." You know, we thought we saw that, and the other. And I think what. Go ahead. Go ahead. What I you think will. Ryan Johnson is really good in addition to making amazing mysteries, though, is making a making it really cathartic that we get to screw over these people. He did that in Knives Out with the family. It's like, these people mm-hmm. are shitty. They don't deserve anything. And in this one, this guy is terrible. And then seeing like them like sort of just knock everything down and like in the in the glass onion and having it be like this cathartic moment. And then at the very end where they're like, I remember this happening. And he's just like, oh, come on, guys. And it's like, yeah, I remember this happening. And it's just like, yes, we want to watch this guy just burn. And it's just so satisfying in a way that I don't know we get in a lot of other mysteries. I love that Blanc just kind of leaves at that point and lets her lets Annie's uh, Andy's uh, sister just kind of like figure it out. Or oh, she's destroying shit. And that leads to the very obvious plant earlier in the movie, which I was waiting for the entire time. We're like, fill a building with this and it'll explode. And I was like, his building's full of that. He already said that it's full of that fuel. So what does what does the glass? How does that her knocking over everything affect? the gas how does that work it doesn't um but it gets everyone uh, it doesn't but eventually she starts that fire um which is what causes it the other part's just her being angry and she's like i don't even know she burns the stuff on purpose that's just more of her anger i mean she definitely burns stuff on purpose but i mean but like if that's why she was doing it or not but got it and i felt that that was the part that brought me out of it the most compared to the first one is you know ends with a big explosion and stuff but it's a different story um no one gets hurt by the explosion or anything it's just and then, uh, the cast is so good actually one of my favorite moments it's is 
that there is a murder mystery party and Blanc like solves it like before oh, he's instantly. done explaining it. He's like, oh, I get it. You have her seated across from the. Yeah, I think and Edward about- Norton's just so deflated. And he's like, I had uh, the writer of Gone Girl write that. Okay, he names yeah, the, the writer, but yeah. I just love also like the very end of it. You just see the arrow hit him and like fake blood just come yeah. out. And it's just like, oh, that, that's it. That was the mystery. And just uh, the, even the idea where like, you know, he's he's has everything do something for him, which is why he tries to seem smart. And then even when Blanc's going over everything, he's like, wait a minute. You stole the most clever part of the thing from me when I was telling you earlier. Yeah. With the lights going out and the gun being out. He's like, I, he's like, I told you that earlier. Good I uh, <laughs> I also like so that was another moment where when Benoit Blanc did solve that instantly, I was thinking, is he so socially awkward? He doesn't realize that it's probably not a good idea just, just to reveal the mystery before it's even started. Um, but then, of course, he revealed that he did that on purpose and stuff. Well, and I would okay. feel that like he'd do that anyway. Okay. But I like though that he's like, I just wanted to get that out of the way because there's a much bigger thing brewing here. Right. Uh, any complaints at all about the story? I would just say... Uh, the explosion still feels a little out of place, but it works. Why? I don't know. It just, I don't, it just see, and him just kind of backing off seemed out of place at first and letting Def- her. You mean Edward Norton backing off? No, uh, Blanc just kind of leaving. He's like, I can't help you anymore. And he leaves and then she figures out a way to help herself. I mean, I think it's empowering. I think this, these movies seem to be about empowering, uh, frankly, women of color in situations. Yeah, it's true. And so it's like, I could see that. It's it's kind of like yes, Benoit Blanc is is uh, is probably the main character, but at the same time, they do these best their best to kind of have a secondary and protagonist, and they're, they're usually the ones that have to who would traditionally be the main character of these stories, and are really trying to push it through and giving them that agency. I think is important, and I think at the end of the day, like he's at uh, at the behest of the law, and can't. Or he even says the line, "I'm not Batman." I'm not Batman, right? He's not. He's like, I'm here to solve the mystery, and that's it. Yeah. And I also, yeah, that was great. Did you do you recognize? Did you recognize the actor that's in both films? Yeah, uh, okay. his friend. Yeah, his, his co-writer uh, slash his friend co-writer. since Brick. He's been yeah, an actor so he, since Brick. He was a another. He was also a great part of the first Knives Out. Yeah, the other detective guy, detective. And guy. this, he's the stoner dude, and he, like. I I was expecting him to be involved, but I love that Edward Norton's character just said it as it was true. He's like, he's not involved in any of this. He's just around. And I'm he's like, maybe there. he's on like he's on the island. He could be involved. But no, he's just getting stoned. What I love is that for me, I was like, I hope he's not involved because I feel like it'd be too obvious if he was. Yeah, that's why I, I, I like the truth in the movie. Sometimes where like a character will say something and you're like, hmm. And he's like, no, he was absolutely right. He said he's not involved. He wasn't involved in any of the murder or the stealing anything. He's just his friend who he lets smoke weed on his island or whatever. But yeah, great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no, I don't think I have any complaints. I, I love no, and this. my complaints weren't complaints either. They were just why it's kind of different. Yeah, but yeah. great movie. Recommend it to all. All right. Well, with well, less than a great way, review. Wasn't that a great review? Those are two that was smart a fellows. Fantastic review. A fantastic. Stop fapping yourself on the show. <laughs> now, Never. without further ado, let's forget about Glass Onion because we all know it's great, and let's talk about some crazy stuff happening in the film industry today. Specifically, a potentially monumental shift in the landscape of trailers that might be a bit of an exaggeration, but it's kind of a big deal. Uh, yesterday, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Recently had a a ruling that studios can be sued over misleading trailers. So this comes from uh, regarding Danny Boyle's 2019 film yesterday, which was a movie about a guy who wakes up or doesn't wake up in a world. I guess he just kind of ends up into a a multiverse world where he uh, where the Beatles never existed. So he kind of basically is able to go off take credit for a bunch of Beatles songs. It's a really fun movie. Um, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like amazing, but it's fun. Definitely worth checking out, especially if you like their music. And in the trailer for that film, Ana de Armas, you know, the, the lovely actor from Knives Out, among many other things, 
she was featured in the trailer and someone, not just someone, but a couple of someones, specifically uh, Connor Wolf and Peter Michael Rosa. Did I can't even read my own handwriting there? Fuck you guys. Uh, yeah, they uh, they were like, you know what? Fuck this movie. I need I, I feel slighted because I was promised onto the Armas. I was not given onto the Armas. So you know what? Five million dollars in uh, in damages is what we deserve to be awarded. Now we still don't know. I don't know what the full case is in terms of like how much further there is until that's decided. But there was a ruling from a judge, U.S. District Judge Stephen Wilson, and his ruling was that yes, studios can be sued for misleading trailers. So the 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 lawyers were trying to argue a stupid argument. It was actually really stupid of them. They were trying to argue that the trailer is con- is is considered. Hold on, let me see if I can get the terminology right. Artistic. Considered non-commercial speech. Yeah, they're trying to say that, that it's an artistic art and expressive work. And the judge said, Universal is correct that trailers involve some creativity and editorial discretion, but this creativity does not outweigh the commercial nature of the trailer. At its core, a trailer is an advertisement designed to sell a movie by providing consumers with a preview of the movie. So he went on to say that um, false advertising law applies only when a quote-unquote significant portion of quote-unquote reasonable consumers can be misled. Uh, The court's holding is limited to representations as to whether an actress or scene is in the movie and nothing else. I think that's a a distinction there, um, potentially, but we could talk more about that later. Um, I do have a question for you before we dig deeper into this, Jonesy, because... There is this term that is thrown around in all of the articles at the tail end of the articles. And I do not know what it means. And no one explains what it means. I probably and don't I know what gonna... it means. What's the term? Oh, what's the term? So they say at the very end that, hang on a second. Let me see if I can find it. Why isn't he asking me? Because he knows I'm a dummy. <laughs> No, it's because specifically you're talking about discovery. Oh, wow. Yes. The case will now proceed to discovery and a motion for class certification. Oh, what is discovery? What is is class certification? What is the so discovery? So those are two different things. Discovery is so like we are opponents in a case and discovery Mm -hmm. is give me your documents that you think prove your case and I'll give you my documents that prove the case. And then we will we'll figure out that part. Class certification is it's a class action lawsuit. So you said there are two guys, right? Yes. What they're trying to figure out is can they certify a class of people, like multiple people to say, uh, did you ever watch Better Call Saul? Which one or which season? I watched through season four. Any of them? Yes. Any of them. Okay. So you remember the Piper, the Piper lawsuit with the old Sandpiper, the old people? That, mm-hmm. So yep. that is a class action lawsuit. So they had to certify that class of people, the number of people who is going to be part of that lawsuit. So that's this. Yeah. Okay. So it could apply so to more than just the two guys. Yeah. Okay. I guess they're assessing who is going to be the beneficiaries of a potential payout and how. Everyone right. who saw yesterday and, divide that shit. And here's here's the thing. Like I don't. I've never done a civil case before, but my read on it is that it. It really just says that they can be sued, right? It doesn't say anything about like what the damages are going to be. Exactly. To my ear, $5 million is unreasonable, right? Like, hey, you paid $5 to rent this movie from Amazon Prime or however they paid. You, you know what you get? $5. Well, that's what they should have done in the first right? place. Like it, because, well, they can't, right? Because the there is this preliminary step of whether or not the lawsuit can even go No, no, what I was saying is... Um, so they should have done the South Park thing and gone to Mel Gibson's house for their money back rather than making a lawsuit in the first place. Oh, that the guy should have gone. Yeah. No, because you all live in a very litigious country where it's just like, no, no. Why would I go get $5 when I can get $5 million? Good point. I know. It's just a South Park reference. So they are one step closer to getting $5 million. The American dream is to just, you know, sue your way into a uh, leisurely lifestyle. Everyone yeah. dreams of having so, their foot run over by a, by a Walmart truck or something, you know? that That's the dream. So there, there are <laughs> some understandable I, – I get the spirit behind it, and it, it's it's stupid, though. But first of all, I think the, the judges 
the judges had a stupid argument, in my opinion. Why? They are trying to argue that it's art when I think they should have been trying to argue. Not the judge, the defendant. Sorry, the defend. No, ju- the, the lawyers, the defendants. Yeah. Yeah. Universal. Their argument should not have been, this is art. Trailers are art. Their argument should have been something along the lines like, what is reasonable? Like, how can you, we one reasonably, we never promised that this trailer is an advertisement, yes, but it's you not did. saying, I don't think so. What yeah. You if you I put, think... if you put a person in the trailer, then you reasonable, like a reasonable person would assume that person is in the trailer. Okay. So it sounds like you're on the side of the, the two. No, I'm saying, I don't uh, know that I think that that is a terrible argument. If I watch a trailer, a I think argument. a reasonable person could believe that, oh, this person's going to be the love interest. Sure. Um, now, if I go to watch that movie and the person isn't in the movie at all, I feel like that is one thing. If I go see a movie and I was head faked, like they immediately shoot the person in the head. That's, That's not true. the same thing. So right. that actually takes you to a different level with specifically having to do with Marvel trailers. So for example, right. I know we always point to that Avengers Infinity War trailer. Well, yeah, once again, I, well, I, I agree because it's not quite the same because yeah. for example, that shot isn't in it, but right. those characters are in it. So Hulk isn't in yeah, the movie. So it is he, Hulk it is, is in the movie because really deceptive. Right. It's deliberately deceptive for the purpose of not spoiling the movie, which I think is different than we have either deleted a scene or we the narrative isn't what you thought it was going to be. So I guess that leads to a question is that this could lead to a bunch of I don't think they would get in trouble for that before that because of that reason, but it could lead to a situation where. They are getting unnecessarily sued because they're taking specific approaches to their trailers. Um, and it is kind of annoying because I think it really could ultimately result in a couple of things. It can result in the trailers having disclaimers at the beginning or at the end. It can result in, which is not a huge deal. It could result in them having trailers after picture lock exclusively. Um, That's be my which question is, for you. If they I mean, but, but you could just to release do a trailer. This... Exactly. I like the disclaimer idea, though. I like the disclaimer idea a lot. But the annoying thing is that um, it does kind of take away from sort of the 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 what's the word the malleable nature of storytelling we go we see a movie or we read a book or we watch whatever we watch enough times it feels like the movie the story is on rails we can all quote a million movies almost word for word verbatim it feels like they've always been supposed to be this way transition into scenes this way but the reality is it's very malleable up until the very end upon release and sometimes even after release Mm -hmm. and in this case Anna de Armas was supposed to be a potential side love interest for the main character, but ultimately because of test screenings, they didn't like uh, audiences did not like the main character being distracted from the main Lily James love interest. So they decided late in the game to pull Anna de Armas's character out. So I think it does potentially take away from the ability to evolve story past a certain point. And it does kind of remind me of from dust till dawn, Some of you might know what I'm talking about here. So in the trailer, you have Salma Hayek as like a a vampire. And she says, I think said, welcome to hell or something. And he says, no, thanks. I've already been married. And then he shoots like the chandelier of and kills her and stuff. Um, That was cut from the movie. And then Robert Rodriguez saw the cut for the trailer and was like, oh, they put that in the trailer. I got to put that back in the movie because he didn't (laughs) like trailers that had scenes that weren't in the movie. So that's more of a jokey type thing. But I almost wonder if it could lead to something like that. It sounds like there are a lot of other alternative ideas to make it work. But Nick, I'll go ahead and get your first reactions. What do you think this means for the trailer industry going forward? Trailer industry. <laughs> it is actually an industry. <laughs> when I first, Someone was laughing at it being called art before even Jammer criticized that argument. And it's like, my friend who edits trailers for a living would would say, yes, it is art. Like, I mean, it's not, I mean, the trailer, the effective trailer is, has to be well cut. Yeah. Like it's, they're all choices. Like, it's not just like, let's throw something together unless it's like the suicide squad trailer. It's like, let's cut this thing to make it not just the movie look appealing, but like the music flows with it. And, and, you know, the good trailer is a lot of just like in the suicide squad trailer. Well, the movie music never flowed together in that, but like something like even the, are you kidding me? 
Those that Queen trailer was fucking amazing. He's talking about the first one, the one that everyone loves. Yeah. No, I'm, um, saying, so I'm saying the Queen trailer for that one. And then, uh, um, well, my that was my first thought. Is the reason I proposed doing the story is because, yeah, is the slippery slope far enough to go to a Marvel movie? Hopefully not. You know, because we have lots of examples of that. Jammer mentioned that one scene, but there's like Thor's eyes. You know, they do all kinds of stuff to hide spoilers. Thor's not missing an eye in the trailer. He's not wearing an eye patch. I mean, he is wearing an eye patch in a movie after he got his eye back, you know, just stuff like that. Or even Rogue One. Could you sue over Rogue One with a completely different ending? It's like, I right? didn't get to see her fight a TIE fighter at the right? end. But again, it's not losing so a whole I think, character. I think those but are I guess you could argue right? that there there's are TIE fighters in that movie. Deleting, but there's a difference between mm-hmm. deleting a person that enticed you to see it. Like, let's say I'm the biggest will smith fan in the world you show me will smith in the trailer the only reason i went to see that movie was for will smith that is different than changing a scene in a movie i agree but i just wonder I, if it becomes a slippery what is the what is will? the thing that enticed me to come see the movie no i agree tie fighter what about this Jones? What if, yeah what if someone is like i'm a i'm a diehard tie fighter fan and there's that one shot in the trailer with the tie fighters and no other scene in the movie has a tie fighter do they have a case? I think it's fair to say that the person's unreasonable. You think so? And what's what's the distinction yes. there between what is reasonable I just told and what you. is unreasonable? You that I don't know that I think one scene with a TIE fighter is sufficient inducement. What is a reasonable person's standard? We could take a poll in here. Does anybody in here have that one thing in a movie trailer where if it doesn't exist, like if they were shown it? went to see it wasn't in there that they would be like you know what fuck this movie they would be upset no i actually really like it when that happens because it means that i was less spoiled in the trailer i would agree with joan i would i would say yes but only if it's an actor and i am going to see it for like then again you wouldn't cut the main actor it's not like i'm going to see a movie for a pedro pascal like cameo and then he's not in it and i'm like bullshit (laughs) and i think based on that in america then that's also i find funny about the lawsuit is she didn't blow up yet she was big, I think, in, in foreign films, but not in America. I don't think. Don't yeah. quote me on that. I might be projecting. So while they don't take possible. polls to figure out what is the reasonable person standard, you just argue it, right? You just argue what the reasonable person standard is. Okay. So I know, Kyle, you had a question for the lawyer that you I'm, wanted to pose. And most of it's kind of in that in that conversation. But the idea of, is it an advertisement? And if, if it yes. is, which... I would say it is an advertisement. There are mm-hmm. rules as to what you can advertise, how you can advertise, how misleading an advertising and an ad can be, cannot be, all of all of that. Uh, there's a lot of regulations and they vary from industry to industry. But right. to like what Jonesy's point was, well, what is the advertisement? I I agree. It's not like a scene. It's usually people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's kind of where where it's at, right, Jonesy? I mean, it's an advertisement, but what's the draw? And I, like I said, he pretty much answered ev- everything all already. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I'm I'm tracking things as as well. Um, I I worry about what this type of thing could do to even our little gig here on on YouTube, and I don't mean just genreverse, but uh, the internet's known for for clickbait. Like that's the thing. Uh, I, I am one of those <laughs> made the joke about the, uh, the, uh, Walmart truck on the foot, but I'm one of those that very much hates lawsuits like this, uh, because they can, and, and depending on how something's argued in court, the, the whole idea of precedent is scary in and of mm-hmm. itself because the way something is argued can really set the stage for, for, uh, future cases and bog things down for, for decades. So this, this is a, this is a ridiculous thing in general uh was she big i don't know i don't i don't know the the specifics in in this did they i i don't know but it is kind of dumb um yeah like i said jonesy mostly that's the annoying thing is it does seem like we all kind of have talked ourselves into this idea where yeah they kind of have a case even though i hate the fact that these motherfuckers can get money yeah, that's what I was going to say before, Kyle. Will they I don't, get, will I don't they get five million dollars, they... or will they distribute it to fans that five million? That's well, what the discovery. Yeah, part is. so it's a class. I I think it's a class action lawsuit, and so you know you've probably bought a video game controller or done something, and you've gotten something mm. in the mail. Like, hey, 
if you were if you bought this Xbox mm-hmm. controller and the rumble went out, you're entitled, you're entitled to, $2 to $2 X number of dollars. Right. So let us know. And so you'll you'll get your five dollars. I don't that's necessarily pretty, think they that is so not worth it. Who who benefits from this actually? Does anybody actually want this money other than those two assholes? Tell you who benefits um, from it. their name was it's just gonna be like I 50 cents. benefit. Yeah. I'm it's willing gonna be to 50, bet that... it's gonna be where's the money? It's the principal, right? They would say that's the principal. Is it though? Would you so you're you're on I don't board know these with guys. this then? The principal. No, I'm I'm just explaining to you what I think the potential motivation is. Because at the end of the day, they they individually will probably get five dollars, um, and lawyers' fees. <laughs> lawyers' fees. I think from their perspective, it's like, hey, Jammer, they just yes. we just read their name in the news. A bunch of other podcasts just read their name on their podcast. That's what I think I the benefit it. is. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one because I think other people are smarter than me, and we're just like, let's not publicize these <laughs> these two idiots instead of. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I guess they were in an article, so they were in Variety, which is, I think, article. the article that I pulled that from. Um, <laughs> but yeah, any, yeah, I think the any best other solution... thoughts about... Oh, go ahead. I, I think so the best... I think... Oh, hmm. I'll say, I think the best solution is to put a little quick warning at the front rather than having to delay your trailer, like, until picture lock. Or even, I know that, that video game trailers have that similar thing where at the bottom they just say, this is not... Oh, like this is not gameplay, real gameplay footage. Or yeah. This is not finished gameplay. Or it's in so engine having... or not yeah. in engine. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I don't so, know I mean, if the disclaimer would cover this, though. Why not? You could but say that th- this, this film not has not been finalized. Final yeah. Like that. But then if I went to film, see. Film, film is subject but again, to change. If you took out what I perceive to be one of the main characers based on, I don't know if I think your disclaimer covers it. You don't think I, it does law-wise? So? Law nope. It's like adding I, went to I went to see the movie for Will Smith. You took Will Smith out of the movie. I I don't know that I think that your, your hmm. claim that the movie hasn't been finalized. What if you say the film has not been finalized? Final cast and scenes are subject to change. <laughs> the trailer. Man. Implied. It's ridiculous, but you're literally arguing it to the point where it needs to get that granular. We're in that world now. Yeah. That's the problem. Are we, though? I mean, is that, that would are. that cover it? So uh, there is the possibility that this could go all the way to trial. And for some reason, they're just like, no. And so to Kyle's point about what a precedent is, if they lose the case, then there is no precedent. Mm. A really interesting oh. story, though. Like, I read that. I was like, what? Is it? Do you think this will affect how Marvel produces their trailers going forward? If it does, no. after discussing it, no. After our discussion, discussion, I don't think so. No, yeah. The people I, kept pointing to Morbius as the biggest offender, is like removing entire scenes and characters. And that stuff. is actually because no even you're like, hey, Morbius. I went, I went, I went to Morbius because there was a spray painting of Spider Man on the inside of the walls, and I didn't even see that spray painting of Spider Man on the inside of the walls. Is that I enough? Thought, I thought that wasn't a movie. Was it? No, they cut it. They cut it. <laughs> they, they cut really? it from the movie. I haven't seen yes. the movie, but I saw someone tweet that the same day as the news article. That's and I was like, oh. So like cutting the idea Are you that they're going to reference Spider-Man. you waste your time watching Morbius? Or did you actually watch it and just not notice? No, he tried, to, he tried to get us yeah. to watch it for oh. Marvel. And I was like, no, no, Nick. no, no, no. He was talking about Jonesy. Not oh, okay. I watched and I just don't remember. Like, I think I've seen that trailer enough where in my brain, I can't distinguish between whether or not that scene is in the movie or not. I could have sworn, like, I, I almost can tell you what scene it's before. I think it's because you auto completed in your head. Maybe. probably wearing the same clothes. He's in a similar location. So you're That's like, probably this goes here. I think the scene was there. Yeah. I think they actually just etched out the spray painting. Maybe it was a technical to um, literal Marvel yeah, move. I, I, I could go I back and check, but I'm not going to watch Morbius again. I don't know that I think this is that interesting of a story, right? This is almost the same as like pre-casting. You're not even in an actual trial yet. You just, a trial can proceed. So this might actually happen like months and months and months from now. It's might be yeah, much ado about nothing yeah. as well. This could be a check nothing. Back with but it's always fun to take things out of context and to blow them up out of proportion. So that's what Not we do when you're trying to do a them. show in like an hour, but sure. Fair enough. Well, with We're that in mind, let's go ahead and move on to the next story here. 
um, specifically revolving around uh, another clusterfuck, the DC Universe. Um, Is it a clusterfuck? Things have wow. been. I mean, the former. What's happening now? And the fans there's been there's been three to four weeks. We've had we coined a phrase uh, three weeks ago that we didn't realize we'd be using in perpetuity, and uh, we're going to continue with WBW, Warner Brothers woes and Warner Brothers wins. There's been a lot of uh, people complaining. Depending a lot of hashtag. Hashtag from a certain point of view. Yeah, from a certain exactly. Uh, Hashtag fire James Gunn. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. Hashtag hashtag hashtag. It's it's been a it's been crazy. People complaining because of course we know Henry Cavill is no longer in the DC universe. That has been solidified. And since then, it seems like there's a certain cleaning house aspect to what is happening there. Understandably so. If you're moving forward with a new universe, you don't want the baggage of the previous universe to be uh, a part of it. And then it leads to people speculating that hey it sounds to us like you're you're only working with the stuff that you like so someone says who knows if it's true but recasting all the main dceu characters but keeping some will be interesting how peacemaker and suicide squad characters slash actors <laughs> live on but others don't particularly like when have, wife <laughs> particularly when they all have interacted with each other james gunn replied saying i keep seeing these posts with this untrue theory we're not recasting everyone except the Suicide Squad. That's because so, Blue Beetle gets to stick around. What well, does that, that, that be mean? My question. Uh, that um, the question is, what does that mean? Does it mean that you can interpret this in a couple different ways? Way number one, we're recasting everybody. Way number two, uh, we're recasting other, uh, not everyone, but we are keeping other people outside of the Suicide Squad. So that also remains to be a possibility, which led to a, sort of another quote where someone says, cannot wait to see what you're cooking up. That being said, the movie, the move to boot Cavill and Godot, especially after they'd announced their return, doesn't inspire confidence, to which Gunn replied, I'm not sure where you're getting that we quote unquote booted gal. Again, that could be interpreted in many different ways or two ways. A way number one. We haven't announced it yet. <laughs> well, that's what well, he's, like, saying, what he's, he's smart. One, we haven't announced it. Oh, you hadn't two, considered that. <laughs> I hadn't considered that. We haven't announced it. Uh, two, <laughs> I didn't boot her. Someone else did. Three, she's sticking around. Or four, she quit. Or four, she quit. That's another option there. Maybe well, that's it was what I situation. like about his quotes. His quotes are all like. He's all responding, nothing. but without lying, like JJ and Star Trek, where JJ is like, "I'll never do." That I mean, again. we don't know yet. He could be lying. Well, no, me, but he all of his answers are non-committal. Or he's like, it's a like question. early, like I don't early. Know. Where, where did you they, get that from? Yeah, oh, that's that too. Like, like back when they accused him, what was the thing they accused him of? Really early. Oh, they're like they had someone release a report saying like this movie's happening. This isn't. This is happening. And he's like, "Look, we haven't even figured out all this stuff yet. So how could?" You have a source on that one. I haven't even, I don't even know the answer to that question. No, literally what it was, it was like, some of it's true. Some of it's not true. Some of it, you haven't decided if it's true is it was the most good. I like that. You remember a few years ago, you remember a few years ago when we were watching the implosion of the Marvel universe on Netflix and we were just waiting for the other shoe to drop on every single show. They just hadn't announced it yet yeah. because it hadn't been released, right? It was just like one show after another, one show after another. And people were like, oh my God, it's the death of the universe. And I don't remember whether or not Netflix or Disney denied it at the time. Um, that I would have to go back and look at. But that's what this feels like. It feels very much like, no, no, you you are rebooting the entire universe. It's okay. Tell us. I mean, I'm I'm a little butthurt about Cavill. Um Aren't we Jammer, all? you're an A20, you're an A24 guy, right? You you've seen uncut gems. I watched a few of them. Oh no, oh, but you've seen un- too stressful for me. Too stressful. That looks like a stressful as fuck. There's movie. a no thank you. There's a scene in there where Kevin Garnett is screaming at Adam Sandler. He's like, "Why the fuck would you show it to me if I can't have it?" And that's how I feel about Henry Cavill. Like, why the fuck would you put him in a movie if I can't have it? And then you put him up on a goddamn banner, and then you have him announce that he's coming back. And then start talking about another man steal movie, and then can't have that. I understand why it happened from like a business perspective, um, but as a fan, I'm like fuck you. Can Jonesy yeah, sue over this? Can Jonesy can you situation. sue over this? Is this reasonable uh, misrepresentation of? We were whatever? promised 
He did announce his return. And he wasn't one. So here's the thing. I haven't spent any money based on it. But if I had, yes. Mm. All right. Fair enough. Like you went to pay for the Man of Steel movie and it was the James Gunn reboot. And you were like, what? What's the show that they do? Not D23. What's what's their thing? Fandom. Fandom. DC Fandom. So if I bought tickets to Fandom based on their announcement that Henry Cavill was coming back because I was racing some new Man of Steel shit. And they were like, oh, by the way, JK, that's not happening. Like a week later. Yes. So that scenario. Right? Yeah, I would. I I think that I could probably either get my money back or sue based on that. I mean, they especially if they put him in the marketing. You, if you put in a refund, they probably would have given you a refund. Yeah. I don't no, fuck that. Would. I want my five million dollars. I want my McMansion. <laughs> I want my Walmart truck on my foot. Don't shortchange <sighs> me. Give my me five million dollars. Sorry. It's all Sorry. connected. Um, all right. You're forgiven. Thank you. But yeah, so there's a lot of drama going around. And then someone commented to, um, you know, basically saying to Zachary Levi, who plays Shazam, saying, hey. You're right over there, buddy. You're right over there. (laughs) Uh, And then he went on to say, like, you know, like, hey, we're good. It's all good, essentially. (laughs) And I think people were a little bit confused because they were like, wait. Does that mean that Shazam is sticking around? Wait, are we going to be getting Shazam and then also maybe Suicide Squad characters? Is this not a full reboot? I felt like Levi felt the need to come in with more details. So he posted an Instagram Mm. video and pretty much admitted he has no idea what's happening. And he says, you have no idea the reasoning behind any of the decisions that are going on, the amount of conjecture and rumor mill and drama and nonsense that keeps getting spun around out there on Instagram and Twitter is laughable. It's unbelievably laughable. So I would say just be patient and give them some space and some time to try and really make something special. And I think something that DC deserves to have and something that Snyder tried to do, and it just ultimately didn't materialize. Um, Then he went on to say that Gunn and Saffron aren't just making decisions because they like someone or don't like somebody. They're making decisions based on what is best for Warner Brothers, DC, that the entire studio and entity and trying to make as many fans, as much of an audience, happy as they can. And he says, if you're out there and really like what happened before, you can do that. That's fine. Uh, But realize there are lots of people who didn't like those things, and we should always be trying to tap into as much audience as possible make as many people as happy as possible. That's what we're in entertainment for. And that's what I think Peter and James are trying to do. And it's not an easy position. They got handled all these things that were already in a lot of conflict. So guys, just fucking give them a break. Take it easy. Take a breath. (laughs) It's the holiday for God's sake. Just go enjoy what the holidays are. Give them some time to enjoy the holidays. And let's see what happens on the other side of this. Did it actually curse? Or is that what you add living? No, no, that was actually a curse. You know what's funny for a guy that started out saying like I don't know what's going on. He sure said a lot. So that was funny. Uh, I, I almost <laughs> well, yeah. his original tweet almost re- re- reads like, "Don't worry, I can go see Shazam two in theaters next year." Like we're still getting Shazam two. That's why I would have taken his first tweet until he elaborate, especially after he elaborates where he doesn't yeah. know. But he's like, "Don't worry, Shazam two still coming out." I don't know what's going on at all. But you know what? <laughs> don't worry. Why not? I think he's the most reasonable of all the people to put out a comment. I don't know yeah. if I think that's reasonable. You don't think it's reasonable? Well, he's like, Just he's not upset down? about it at all. He's he's like, I hey. don't know. Listen, we're stranded on an island. I don't know what's happening, but you know what? It's going to be fine. Why? I watched Black so Adam this extreme, week twice. That is an extreme. You're you're comparing a bad plan is better than no plan Hold at on. all. You're waiting for no for, for no movies coming out or movies come out to being stranded on a desert island it's hardly the same situation is all it? i know is he started his statement by saying i don't know what's going on but here are all the reasons why you should relax like i was saying i mean i guess I, that sounds like I a know. very good speech from a movie right before someone gets shot in the face well yeah like i said but, it's like black adams uh bad plan is better than no plan at all we got it the first time nick you no, like everyone's talking times. over each other. <laughs> I don't know who they're listening to when three of us are talking at once. That's fair. So not the Joker quote from 2008. Oh, I like 
That's more of a speech. I really look like a man with a plan or a guy with a plan. Well, I didn't see Joker twice. No, 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 it's not that one. Dark Knight. Yeah, he's like, wait, what's not a plan? Everyone goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's like, he's like, do I really look like a guy with a plan? But Jonesy's referencing the scene I just talked about. Where he's like, people like to plan. People like to have schemes, you know. Anyway, Anyway, moving on. uh, Along those same lines, James Gunn put out a, a series of tweets in response to everyone just being crazy. One of the things Peter and I are aware were aware of when we took the job as head of DC studios was a certain amount, a certain minority of people online that could be well uproarious and unkind to say the least. Our choices for the DCU are based on what we believe to be best for the story and best for the DC characters who have been around for nearly 85 years. Perhaps these choices are great. Perhaps not, but they are made with sincere hearts and integrity and always with the story in mind. No one loves being harassed or called names, but to be frank, we've been through significantly worse. Disrespectful outcry will never, ever affect our actions. We were aware there would be a period of turbulence when we took the gig, and we knew we would sometimes have to make difficult and not so obvious choices, especially in the wake of the fractious nature of what came before us. But this means little to us in comparison to our jobs as artists and custodians and helping to create a wide and wonderful future for DC. Anyone have anything to say about what he had to say? Uh, I think that was the best statement that Mm -hmm. he could have made under the circumstances. Um, Yeah. I, I don't think he necessarily had to say anything at all, but it's nice that he did because the people that are like restore the Snyderverse, there's nothing that he could say that would make those people feel better, right? So there are people on the extremes of either situation that um, are just going to flame him no matter what he says or what he does. And so there, there are reasonable people closer, you know, farther away from those extremes that might hear this and go like, okay, I'll give him a shot. But I think those people were already leaning towards giving him a shot anyway. Hmm. So I, you know. Good on him I mean, for saying I, something. I'm glad he's I'm glad that he is that type of leader thus far because I appreciate those versus someone that doesn't say anything at all. That's the thing, is also he says stuff so frequently on Twitter. If he had not directly made a statement about this, it would have been kind of annoying because of how much he generally talks. Period. Yeah. And also gonna say the brief thing about the yeah, he's really good at, you know, some news website like ours, you know, similar to ours writes up a source story. And he's like, where the hell did you hear that? That's not true at all. That in quotes there. Because I don't believe all of them are sources. I think some of them are just websites like oh, you mean like giant freaking websites making making up stuff or like you could say sources say and then you write your own thing. Um, Because I I really appreciate that with him and James Mangold has been all over that for Indiana Jones also or is like whenever there's some story like oh they're doing reshoots he's like well where'd you read that because I'm the director and I know we're not doing reshoots. Like there was a story about there being an alternate ending that they shot and he's like well we didn't so shut the hell up and i kind of like having directors like that just like it makes their job i mean then now that like you said with james Gunn, now they're expected to come out and say something every time but well, I it's funny they are it. they've become more more and more part of the pr campaign than mm-hmm. you know it used to just be actors on late night shows now it's a a full company effort Right from producers and directors and actors that have to have these conversations, mostly because of the social platforms that we have. Thank you, Elon. Oh God, don't even, don't even, don't. That's all we'd say about that. All right. Anyone else have anything else to say? Nice about the wide world of Warner Brothers. I was just wondering if you're going to bring up the Rock. You don't even have to quote the Rock thing, but the Rock also related. I'm just gonna say real quick. The Rock also released a message. I thought I mean, that was part of the original plan, but it was. But I was trying to cut it. Short. Okay, well we can cut it Go short. Ahead. That's fine. I've been trying to keep it short too by not throwing in too much. You could just say The Rock is big mad, right? The Rock was apparently big mad. He unfollowed. That's the actually Rock. not true. I'm sorry. He he unfollowed the Black Adam. He didn't unfollow. No, that's not a true. He came story. out and said he was never even following those uh, accounts on Instagram to begin with. Oh, that's no fun. All right. Well, we're deep into it now. Essentially, from there on. Uh, apparently Dwayne Johnson met with James Gunn and it turns out surprise Black Adam is not a part of their first chapter but he did mention that uh, 
Seven Bucks and DC have agreed to continue exploring the most valuable ways Black Adam can be utilized in future DC multiverse chapters. So take from that what you will. That could have just been James Gunn be like, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll go ahead. We'll, we'll talk yes, about it in it the was. future. But it could have also been a situation like, hey, you know, if we have, you know, a crisis on infinite Earths happen, why not? Let's talk about maybe Black Adam showing up. Cool. Who cares? I mean, not who cares, but maybe it's a possibility. But maybe also who cares? I like Black Adam. I watched it recently last week. I thought it was a fun movie. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Me too. There's, there's a lot I of, said, I watched I think it twice also there was a lot week. of, uh, there was a lot, there was a good kernel there that I just think wasn't executed as well as it could have been in terms of character arc. And I did like sort of the conflicting uh, forces that the Justice Society brought about. Um, Those aren't conflicting fun. forces. Well, not, what are you talking about? Forces that are at odds with each other. Yes, they are. Hey, you, Black Adam, you shouldn't kill people. You're a hero. Yet Superman kills. Wonder Woman kills. Aquaman kills. I wasn't talking about so, the psychology, but I was just talking about conf- the idea. You said conflicting. I didn't know what kind of conflicting. No, conflicting is what I mean by that. It's forces, voice, forces that opposing. are at odds with each other. Voices. I love it. Forces at odds forces. with each other. My Jonesy. main comment. You're reading into I just thought that. I just thought that they're the, the battle. So, <laughs> one, Black Adam had no physical match in that film. So from an opposing viewpoint, I didn't think that that existed. Two, from an intellectual standpoint um, or philosophical standpoint, the Justice Society was wrong because all the other heroes kill. Um, so that's why they can hold themselves to a higher standard than that. So I was thinking they can. No, no, no. It wasn't too. we justice. No, no, no. It's not we like heroes don't kill. Don't kill. Right. It's heroes don't kill. So are you discounting every other hero that maybe exists Hawkman, in the Maybe DCU? Hawkman is discounting Superman. The only one he could possibly be counting is Shazam, because to the best of my knowledge, he's the only one we haven't seen kill. Everyone else does murders on a daily basis. Murders. I like murders. murders. Got to say it like that. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up for this episode of Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast. Thank you. Holiday I keep saying podcast. The holiday special. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this lovely holiday weekend. Hope you and your families are staying safe, staying warm out there. I know we're at below freezing temperatures here in the Denver metro area, and uh, I have not left the house. It was like negative 15 last night. was not a good time. My dog was so happy. I was not. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Nick, where can people find you? Uh, at Kiki Nick Doll on Twitter and right here on Breaking Youth Radio, the podcast. And Josie, where can people find you? Uh, Twitch and tweeting, Instagram and podcast, and at Sir Jones East. That's me. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Cerna Writer, as well as I think virtually every other platform as AJ Cerna Writer. And look them up. Look them up. My books, AJ Cerna, on Amazon, Audible, MahiaBooks.com as well. And thank you so much, Kyle, at that Kyle Malone on Twitter for handling production duties today or producing duties uh when we're sitting here making things up on the fly having you to pull up pictures of zachary levi out of thin air i apologize won't do it again we'll try to plan better in the future but everyone it's thank you so much again, for an amazing mind. holiday and uh yeah we'll see you next week Hasty don't get it on you What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.